Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. I just noticed my friend Rabbi Israel Goldberg, all the way from Jerusalem, Israel. It's 5 p.m. in Yerushalayim. And good afternoon to you, uh, Brother Goldberg. Trust you're doing very well. Missing Jerusalem. Have been there many times. Look forward to going back again. And I'm pretty sure you're probably counting the Omer, if you're out there, or the Omir. We want to get that right. And if I'm not mistaken, we're looking at the 23rd day, maybe the 24th day of the counting of the Omer. Yes, we did miss a day. And what a great understanding about why the people counted the Omer from the second day of Passover all the way to Shavuot. And what a beautiful understanding that is, the anticipation, the hope. Oh, Mamma Mia, so good. And I uh, just wanted to say good morning to you, sir, all the way from Jerusalem. God bless you. Make sure you uh, chat with us, call into our broadcast. We'd love to hear from you. Whatever uh, it, the Father has put upon your heart, we would love to hear it. Today I want to begin in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 27. I want to say good morning to all of our friends on Blog Talk Radio. YouTube, Facebook, and Omega Radio. Remember, you can listen to this broadcast live on omegaradio.org. That's omegaradio.org. John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus, Yahshua, said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So I want to go through that one more time, and I want to talk with you this morning about this issue of peace. And Yeshua, just before leaving this planet 2,000 years ago, said, peace I leave with you. My peace, my shalom, my peace, I give unto you. Not as the world gives. So I want you to notice that Jesus knew, Yeshua knew, that the world gave something of a kind of peace. Now I've written, written down in my notes that the world is seeking peace through submission and violence, through capitulation and tolerance, through compromise and surrender. The world does offer a kind of peace. A government affords its people an economy, jobs, home, money, a medical system, insurance. So there is a world kind of peace. And as long as you're in that system, and as long as that system remains stable, a person could have what we would call an external kind of peace. There is something to be said about having some money in the bank, having your bills all paid, having a security in your neighborhood, having a military power protecting you, having all these different systems available to you from economics, finances, and all the other healthcare systems and education systems. And so in a stable time upon the earth, the world can give some kind of peace. Okay. There are others that don't have some things and they're trying to find peace through alcohol, peace through drugs. Today we see a growing reality of the recreational marijuana that is now uh, growing exponentially in some states and the medical marijuana, how it thrived during the last year during the COVID-19 debacle. And so we see that there are people that are seeking different avenues and mechanisms to have some peace in their lives because the undercurrent, the reality that down deep inside in every human being, think about this, this is gospel right now, that in the inward parts of every human being on this earth, regardless of who they are, what position they hold, what title they have, there is an unnerving reality. You see, the Bible says the condemnation passed upon every man since the time of Adam. And regardless of what side of the tracks you grow up on, that condemnation is a guilty sentence given by God himself. So at the root, at the hard drive of every human heart, there is condemnation. And that condemnation, there's some sort of a knowing something's not exactly the way it's supposed to be. Something is wrong. Now, a lot of people don't tap into that. They live more consciously rather than subconsciously. They live out here on the, you know, the computer screen, and life is to them you know, somewhat of a, uh, you know, just moving through the, the, uh, the avenues of life itself and whatever. But the reality is, is that there is condemnation, a sentence, a decree that has already been served upon the human race. 
Now, we know and have learned that the way that the uh, unnerving reality of a sentence of condemnation and death can be taken away is by turning to the Messiah, Yeshua, and allowing for his sacrifice to bring an atonement to our iniquity and to our sin. In other words, the sentence of death that was upon us was put upon him. And that was the grace of God, the mercy of God, the kindness of God, the forgiveness of God, the love of God that was put upon him. And so those of us who have come to him, who have received, who have believed in the report that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life, we have found that the guilt, shame, and condemnation that was written against us, the documentation in the legal courts of heaven that was against us, has actually been taken away from us, but yet paid in full, not ignored. There had to be a penalty for the sins of humankind. And those sins and the penalty for those sins were visited upon Yeshua. I believe first to the Jewish nation. I believe that this refers directly to those who were under the law of Moses. I believe that, that the law of Moses had a demand that if you did not keep that law perfectly, there were penalties involved. And I believe that Yeshua came alongside the Jewish nation. And I do believe that he paid the price for all the sins of that entire nation. When he said, it is finished, he poured out his blood. He satisfied the demand for retribution and punishment upon those that would break God's holy law. But I also believe that the shedding of the blood of the Messiah has extended to the ends of the earth, to all creation, that all who believe in him, whether they be Jew or Gentile, can find access to relationship with the Father through his Son, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, walk in the grace of God, and begin a journey of relationship and adhering to the instructions and the Word of God. So we thank God that there is a place of our guilt, shame, and condemnation being fully dealt with on the cross by the Messiah, Yeshua, and to that we praise God. Now that reality affords a kind of peace. And this is what Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Now this peace is not about how much money you have in the bank. It's not about how all your bills may be paid. If you have clothes in your closet, food in your pantry and refrigerator, regardless of what job or title or position you hold, regardless of what condition your relationships may be in, the peace that Yeshua was offering to Israel, to Israel as a nation, and to every Israelite, every Jew, every Hebrew, everyone individually, he offers to everybody in the world. Now, this is his shalom. This is his peace. And it's not dependent upon what the government can give you. It is not dependent upon how much you have put away. It is not dependent upon the medical system, the insurances of the world. This is a peace that produces a transformation of life. The peace that Yeshua said when he said, again, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. 
So that piece is something that deals with the internal reality, the internal condition of our lives. It is real. It is a peace that passes all understanding. It is a peace that separates us from the turmoil, the confusion, the chaos that is in the sin-sick world in which we live. There is a peace, and whether or not you and I have found that peace, whether or not you and I have received that peace, the Bible says that we should be found uh, We should be laboring diligently to be found of him in peace. So the peace that Jesus gives, the peace that he offered to us, is something that you and I must receive. It is not just given to us in the sense of it hits us and all of a sudden we're under the influence of it. No, it is something to be received. It is something to be uh, gone after. It is something that we are to pursue, pursue peace with all men, right? So we are uh, going after a pearl of great price. We are going after something that is akin to agape love, something that runs alongside of love, something that is out of love, and it is peace. And this is an amazing moment for you and I to really check ourselves and to ask ourselves, do we have the peace that comes from Jesus Christ, Yeshua, alone. Do we have peace? Do you have peace? We live in a sin-sick world, and many are seeking some kind of peace, and there are many voices proclaiming different ways to find it. However, we know that true peace comes from the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. And the question today, have you found the true peace? Have I found it? The pearls of peace. If not, now is the time to put our hope and trust in what the Bible says and to believe and receive the gift of peace through faith in Jesus Christ. John 14:27. Let me say it one more time. Peace, Jesus said, I leave with you my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives. Now, I really want to focus on that for a moment. What Jesus was saying, as I understand, is that his peace transcends and is so far beyond any kind of peace that this world could give. Now, the world can give as much peace as it possibly can in a stable environment. But we know that in the last days, commotions or instability or unstable times are coming. So when people have built their lives upon a governmental kind of peace or a worldly kind of peace, with its institutions and foundations, we know that when those institutions and foundations are shaken in these last days and unstable times come, that those who have built their lives upon the shifting sand of man's ability are going to be shaken. And that peace 
will show itself to have been a facade, not a genuine stability, an unshakable stability. Now, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. But we know that God promises to shake not only the earth, but the heavens too in the last days. So everything that has a, uh, an idea, has some kind of uh, semblance to a quiet, peaceful, restful uh, thought to it, that it is going to be shaken in the last days and it's going to be moved. However, for you and I who have come to the Prince of Peace, to the King of Heaven, to the Kingdom of Heaven, there is a peace. It cannot be shaken because we build our lives upon a different foundation. We are not resting upon the banking system. We are not resting upon the world's military power to keep us safe. We are not depending upon the world's insurances and assurances. That is not where our peace comes from. Our peace comes from a person. Our peace comes from a king who is over a kingdom and that you and I who have been born again have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Our life is built upon the foundation of his word, of his gospel, Matthew 6, 5, 6, and 7. And at the end of chapter 7, he who hears these words and does them, I will liken him to a man who built his life upon a rock And when the winds and the storms of life came, they stood as in contrary to the man who built his life upon the sand or the unwise man who heard the words of life but did not put them to work and did not pursue them and did not do them. He's like a man who built his life upon the sand, and it's going to shift. So Jesus offers you and I peace in the midst of turmoil In the midst of commotion, all you have to do is turn your news channel on right now, and you will find that in the cities of America, again, there is a growing concern for more violence. If the courts in Minnesota do not uh, hold uh, Chauvin accountable for every count of murder, as Maxine Waters said, then we're going to loot, we're going to riot, we're going to burn the house down, we're going to have more violence. And in the meantime, while that's all happening, there's another order of Americans that are putting their combat uh, shoes on, their their combat boots, okay? Because what they have seen in Proud Boys and any form of resistance is nothing in comparison to another level of American patriotism that, again, are preparing themselves, and I know that there is another level of warfare coming way beyond BLM, Antifa, okay? These front groups for the new world order, for the global uh, reality that's coming, there is another group that is rising. You might call it Islam. You might call it Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, Hamas. You may call it ISIS or Daesh or any one of those names, but there are different levels of principalities and powers that are rising unto the degree that kingdom shall rise against kingdom, nation against nation. In America, 
because of the rhetoric that is going on to pouring the fuel on the fire, there is a desire from the communist agenda to bring about a bursting bonfire, okay, to bring revolution, but they haven't understood yet there's a a call to those who have restrained and have held back and have not moved prematurely. However, you need to know there are those who are strapping up their combat boots. They are preparing their armor. They are getting their uniform on, and they are ready to go to war when things like what we are witnessing right now are coming abroad. In other words, it's going to another level. A week ago on this radio broadcast, we wrote out a prophetic word that the flint would be struck again, but this time it would burst into a larger flame and it would consume the nation with anarchy, civil disobedience, violence, and war. And three days later, the flint was struck again in the same place where George Floyd was murdered a year ago. And so prophecy is coming forward. Things are not going to get better. Now, what the world is pushing for, I want you to know this, what the world is wanting to produce is a universal harmony. Don't be deceived. That's what this eventually, they think, through revolution is going to be produced. So what they're doing with the threat of violence, with the threat of war, they're now forcing through violence by telling the people to capitulate, submit, surrender, yield to our demands. And if you do, then we will give you the peace that you so desperately want. And so many people in this environment that has been created are going to surrender. They're going to compromise. They're going to capitulate. They're going to just fall in line and bring forth their tolerance, and they're going to become silent, and they're not going to speak out, and they're not going to say anything contrary to what the left is wanting to bring forth into our society. But not all, not all are going to do so. And that is the reason why this latest strike against the flint is going to produce a larger flame that's going to burst into a raging epidemic of violence, anarchy, leading to war in this country. So here we are. Now, where you, you look at that, there's no peace in that. And the, and the harmony of universal peace. See, that's what the global New World Order is promising. Everybody, if you do things our way, then we will give you peace. But if you don't do things our way, we will keep things going to such a degree that you'll be exhausted. We will exhaust you with one issue after another. But I got news for you. There is a greater intelligence than the New World Order. The Bible talks about a time where a woman will go into labor. Her labor pains would accelerate and intensify. The Bible has already told us what it will be like. So in that rapid acceleration and intensification of birth pangs, global upheaval. Okay, God's already told you and I. And he told you and I so that we would prepare ourselves to exit Babylon, to exit this world of craziness and commotion, to not become a part of it, to not get immersed in it, to not be taken over by it. He said, come out of her, my people. And the, and the way that we come out is by finding the peace 
of Jesus Christ. We know what's going on out there. Again, you could turn your television on and see. We just bring forth a little added measure of the prophetic word of God. We are not surprised that this collapse is coming. We are not surprised. And the facade of peace, again, let me say it a third time, they will give you rest if you do what they say. If you resist, you will have no peace in their world. I'm telling you that Jesus said, I have a peace for you way beyond the peace that they can give you. That even in the turmoil, even in the midst of the storm, even in the breaking apart of the ship in Acts chapter 27, the storm of Eurachlodon came upon that ship that the apostle Paul was in. They found peace in spite of the storm because God was in that ship. We know the story of Yeshua being in the ship with the disciples in a time of a raging storm. And Jesus said, peace. He had authority over the storm. And wherever you are, regardless of the external environment around you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is your shalom. He is your peace. Now, you could look at what's going on and you can grieve. You could look at this world and its present condition and grieve, but you would have to go back a generation ago to really understand how we got where we are right now. Okay, prior to 1960s, while uh, the four winds of rebellion through rock and roll and Alfred Kinsley and, and all these different organizations that begin to move to bring us to a place where the government of the United States began its war on God, you know, that all began back there in the 50s and 60s. Prior to that time, it's never been perfect, but there was a more beautiful essence. There was a greater peace during World War II, America, we were the heroes of the world, and our moral compass was in greater tact than it is today. Today, the moral compass of Americans is good is evil and evil is good. Light is darkness and darkness is light. Bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Homosexuality is good. Transgenderism is good. Lesbianism is good. All these sexual perversions and abominations that have always been, according to the mind of God, are now spoken of as good. So the moral compass of America today and the rest of the world is really perverted, turned inside out, and there is no moral compass that you could guide yourself by from the world's position. But in World War II, there was a moral compass. Abortion was illegal. Homosexuality you went to prison for. These crazy things, pornography was illegal. You've heard me say it a thousand times. There were illegal things that allowed for a moral compass to guide the psyche of a nation into a more peaceful state. And then, of course, that moral compass, the people got lost at sea. This country got lost at sea. And we've been going and drifting into the deeper waters of never returning again. There's no compass to go by. And there's no moral compass to return us back to the moral foundations of the gospel of Jesus Christ that were once promoted within our nation and that were sent all over the world to our missionaries to bring that moral compass, that righteousness to the nations of the earth that was rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. So that doesn't exist anymore. It's not there anymore. And now you and I are living at this moment in time, and Yeshua is saying, once again, peace I leave with you. 
my peace I give unto you. I'd like to look at John chapter 16, John 16, verse 31, and it begins this way. Jesus answered them, he's talking to his disciples, do you now believe? Behold, the hour comes, yea, is now come, that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. In the gospel and in the, in, in the epistles of the new covenant, we have a promise, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. As the Father was with Jesus, the most critical point of his life, so the Scriptures promise to God's children, his sons and daughters, that obey and honor him, follow him and love him, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. So even though a time is coming where men will be scattered, everyone to his own, and I will be left alone, said Jesus, yet I am not alone. The Father is with me. You need to know this is true for you as well. Regardless of what comes in the days ahead of us, you must know that the Father is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Regardless of what you're going through. Now, Yeshua, Jesus, knew what he was about to endure. The passion, the cross, the crucifixion. The slaughter, the death, the burial, the insult, all that was ready to happen to him. And yet he had this confidence, Father is with me. But because he tasted death for every man, he also needed to experience at that moment, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Okay, that was the tasting of death for the separation of the human race from God because of their sin. And Jesus had to pay that price too. You don't have to anymore. You do not have to pay the price. Yeshua did it for you. And if you will trust him and believe him, his blood will cleanse you and wash you thoroughly from all iniquity. You could have peace instead of condemnation. You could have joy rather than guilt and shame. You could have a sense of holiness and purification and confidence and boldness because you're clean from the inside out. Oh, the blood of Jesus Christ. You can have this. And you can know that regardless of what you're getting ready to walk into, what's ever coming down the pike, you can have peace. So Jesus went on to say, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world... You shall have tribulation. In other words, the world has been in tribulation since the day that Adam sinned. But now we're in a time like no other time in the history of the world. Think about that. There has never been another time like this time in the history of the world. There's always been chaos. There's always been confusion. There's always been turmoil and commotion. There's always been from the beginning of time. So what makes this time unique? That we are living in the time of end time Bible prophecy connected 
to the tribulation and turmoil that's in the world. We are the generation witnessing the fig tree putting forth its branches, speaking of the nation of Israel. We are the generation witnessing the exponential rise of knowledge or technology. We are the generation that are traveling all over the world, just like the prophecy in Daniel said would happen. We are the generation that are eyewitnesses of major end-time Bible prophecies being fulfilled in a time where there's an escalation, a rapid acceleration of the birth pangs and the intensification of those pangs. They become more intense. They become more painful And we're about to step into the next level of pain. We have said it a year ago by the prophecy that God gave us out of Isaiah chapter 47. I want to read it to you one more time. We spoke this on the air a year ago, days before coronavirus ever showed up in America. Days before we read this prophecy, and I just want you to remember so that God will have witness to his word Days before coronavirus, I'm talking one to three days before coronavirus showed up in America, these words were spoken over the airwaves. In Isaiah 47:11. therefore shall evil come upon you. You shall not know from whence it rises, and mischief shall fall upon you. You shall not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. So we read that word just prior to the coronavirus breaking out in America, and we saw that it came from where we do not know. Everybody said Wuhan virus, Wuhan China, and then there were all these confusions. Then we wanted to put it off and have Easter last year, but it was not put off just like the word of God said. You will not be able to put it off, and then sudden desolation will come. Well, a year ago when we brought this word forth and all of a sudden coronavirus showed up in America and it all began, well, we were on another radio broadcast and we said, according to the book of Ezekiel, that there would be four sword judgments that would hit this nation. And my friend Michael, Brother Michael, who's a pastor, has a pastor's heart, he serves as a pastor in his life, he said, these four sword judgments are likened unto four waves. He used to surf in La Jolla, California. And he said every surfer knew when a particular set would come in, there were usually four waves to the set. And these four sword judgments are like four waves. And they always waited for the fourth wave because it was the biggest wave. So we said on the airwaves, coronavirus is wave number one. And Michael said when that wave would come, it would pass over, but it would leave all the, the white uh, you know, stuff that was in there, the foam, and it would be a leave turmoil behind it. And then the second wave would follow. We said on the airwaves before George Floyd's death, Before anarchy and civil disobedience broke out in America, we said the second wave would be anarchy and civil disobedience. Days later, George Floyd was murdered. He was killed in Minnesota. And so that second wave rose and there was anarchy and civil disobedience. We've been watching it now for nearly a year. We said the third wave would be the wave 
of war. And we are now witnessing war all over the world again, war and rumors of war. And we're seeing the alignment of war. Everybody's talking about war all of a sudden. And yet we knew the third wave would be war. And the fourth wave in this particular phase of judgment would be lights out. Whether it's an electromagnetic pulse, whether it's a solar flare from the sun, a cronial mass ejection, or a software breach, we saw that beyond war, the fourth wave would be lights out. And so we saw these four waves, coronavirus, civil disobedience and anarchy, war, lights out in this phase. We talked about Leviticus 26, how that there were many phases of judgment. Within one judgment, there would be several parts. And that's in Leviticus chapter 26. So we connected the dots. We put it all together. We spoke out prophetically and spiritually. And right now, we are exactly where we said we would be, what God said. We are now waiting for Amos chapter 8 to be fulfilled. We saw the preview of Amos chapter 8 in 2020. We believe that Amos 8 is going to be fulfilled, which ends with God darkening the earth in the clear day. So we're looking at the world through a biblical lens, and we are seeing what the world is saying, revolution, violence, chaos, turmoil, confusion, etc., etc. We see it as God's end-time judgment predicted by the prophets thousands of years ago, valid for today, <clears throat> and you and I are being prepared. We're getting ready. So again, Jesus says in John 16, verse 31, do you now believe? Behold, the hour comes, yea, is now come. You shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I'm not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be what? Of good cheer. How do you have good cheer? By having peace. By having peace. Christ Jesus is giving, offering to whosoever will. Peace in the midst of tribulation. We cannot ignore the tribulation. We cannot deny what we know the Bible says is coming. We cannot deny that there is going to be, and I believe this is, in, this is coming. After this, these waves are coming, I really believe that we're about to see a release of a pandemic like we've never known before. I do believe that the Bible supports that a raging pandemic, a plague, a virus of some sort is going to be released. I see it in Revelation 9 in the fifth trumpet. When the fifth trumpet sounds, <clears throat> there is a pit that opens and smoke comes out of the pit and locusts and stings men for five months. They seek for death, but they can't die. I believe there's a lung wasting disease, some kind of <clears throat> pestilence that's going to hit the earth. And while men will wish for death, they won't be able to die, but they will be tormented with this sickness, whatever it is. 
And yet we know in Amos' prophecy, we're going to see many dead bodies. So we know, and I'm just going to say it plainly, we know that from Revelation chapter 6 through Revelation chapter 9, as we understand the end-time Bible prophecy of the book of Revelation, one half of the present population of the world will be reduced to half. There are nearly 8 billion people on the planet as we speak. The promise when the sixth seal is released, also with the fourth seal, and you know, you can go back to Revelation 6 and look at the first four seals and see that there's population reduction through the events that are coming, but there are some major seals that talk about a third of the world and a quarter of the world. And when you do the math and you put it together, there's no doubt that by the time you get to the great tribulation of Revelation chapter 13, the world population have, has been cut in half. So that would be four billion or 8 billion people on the planet today reduced to 4 billion people. A lot easier to manage the population. And yet we believe that there will be a continuation of population reduction. People are already talking about that with the vaccination that's going on right now. Time will tell. We believe that the Bible is clear that there will continue to be tribulation until the very end. The point is that regardless, you can be found of him having received his peace. No fear, no worry, no concern, no doubt. Do not doubt the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything going on in this world right now was predicted by the Bible. If there's another book on the planet that could have predicted what this Bible has predicted, show it. And there may be other streams out there, you know, Hopi prophecies and all of that. There is not a clearer administration of what's going on in this world than the Bible. The Bible has fully predicted and gives us reasons why these things are taking place. And the Bible also tells us that while the world is in this condition, it is all being set, the world stage, for the arrival of the Antichrist. And it's not an arrival with red carpet. It is the devil being thrown out of the second heaven, cast onto the earth, and then waking with a fury that he's going to begin his tribulation period with. This is the Bible. We're not fear-mongering. The world is fear-mongering. The world is terrified. They're terrified of the pandemic. They're ter- terrified of war. They're terrified of the economy because the world has its peace on foundations that are shakable. So the world is afraid. And when we preach the gospel, they call it fear-mongering, but it's just the truth of what's already happening. And if they would hear the gospel, they would turn to the Prince of Peace in Jesus Christ, and they come to another foundation, a foundation that cannot be shaken. And this is the peace that God's called you and I to, a peace that passes all understanding. It's an internal peace. We could preach about it, talk about it. We can dialogue and fret 
We could do anything we want about this truth that's being revealed and shared right now. But more importantly, it's something to be received by each one of us. And the question again, have you received the peace that Jesus gave and left? Behold, I leave with you my peace. That peace is for you. It's not for your pastor. It's not for your neighbor, primarily. It's not for the governmental rulers. It's for you. You're listening in Tijuana, Mexico. There's a crisis at the border. You're living in a war zone somewhere. And Christ is saying to you, I give you my peace because you believe in me. I give you my peace. And so you and I say, I want this peace. Give me this peace. We're like the woman at the well when Jesus said, I have water for you to drink that if you drink it, you'll never thirst again. Oh, give me this water. And he gave her that water the moment she asked. And so I want to encourage you today to ask, to reach out, and say to your Father in heaven, give me this peace that Jesus has offered. I want this peace. I am grieved by the environment and the world in which we live. But I know that that environment is going to change one day. I know, Lord, that you are preparing to mount that cloud and you're ready to come to this earth. There are a few more things that have to be accomplished. And I know that we must endure the tribulation that's coming upon this earth. And I believe that one way of enduring is having divine, internal, intrinsic peace. Not religious peace. Jesus peace. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 4, Jeremiah chapter 4, we read these words in verses 9 and 10. Jeremiah 4, 9 and 10. And this is tough, but it's what it says. It shall come to pass at that day, saith the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish because of what's coming. The heart of the princes and the priests shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, surely you have greatly deceived this people and Jerusalem, saying, You shall have peace, whereas the sword reaches unto the soul. Why the deception in that scenario? Because the people of God, the people of Jerusalem in the days of Jeremiah had turned totally away from the Lord. And their prophets were telling them, you're going to have peace. Don't worry about anything. 
But those prophets shall wonder when the truth of God comes. And then prophet Jeremiah cries out, God, you've greatly deceived these people. They really think there's going to be peace, even though they're in rebellion to you. They have departed from your law. They have broken your commandments. They have left you and served the queen of heaven. And yet their prophets and their priests and their kings are saying, peace, peace. And there is no peace. You see, today we live in an environment. You could turn on any platform you want. All those prophets out there that prophesy Donald Trump is going to win the election. Oh, they haven't gone away. Those prophets have not gone away. They've just shifted their narrative to be more appealing to their followers and have made excuses for the failure of their prophecies. And yet the people that followed them are so desperate to hear their peace and safety message and the Savior of the world, Donald Trump, is going to come and save the day. They're so desperate for that, they'll keep following their cleverly designed narratives. How disturbing is that? Is it anything new? No. God is greatly deceiving people who have not yet repented of their sin, turned away from fables and fairy tales, and have told the truth. I'm not saying this is what the Word of God says. He also went on to say in Jeremiah, I'm going to pull this one off the internet here. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14, we read these words. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. Jeremiah 8:11. For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying peace, peace. And there is no peace. There's a repeat several times. And it goes on and on. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, you'll remember these words spoken by the Apostle Paul to the church of Thessalonica, which is useful to you and I today. And here's what he said. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Listen, you may not like the idea. You may not feel good about the idea that you have been lied to, and that you have been deceived. But what I'm concerned about more than being lied to and deceived, we could all be lied to and deceived. I mean, there's not enough pride in us, right, to say, oh, I wasn't deceived. I wasn't lied to. There's a reason why they failed. No, no, no. We could all be deceived. Even the very elect of God can be deceived. But what concerns me is now that you know that you've been deceived, why would you continue to follow a narrative that's making excuses for why they were wrong? As though their new narrative is something to follow. I don't understand that. You want to do it? Do it. Do it with all your heart. But I'm telling you, their ideas of restoration, peace, it's all coming now. 
Everything's going to come in August now. First it was March. Now in August, there's going to be something. And I want to ask, why? Why are you going there? God has spoken. America has sinned. And America is under judgment. And without repentance, there could be no transformation, no healing, no restoration, no man to save the day, no king, no prince, no prophet. What are what are people listening to? I, I don't understand it personally, other than pride, massive, gut-wrenching pride. What pride? Well, I wasn't deceived. I'm not deceived. There's a reason, and they'll give you a thousand reasons. But here's the truth, if you want to hear the truth. You need to find the peace of Jesus Christ right now in the midst of this moment, because what's coming, peace. American patriotism is going to fail. It's already failing. There are different levels of patriotism that are going to come. Don't get me wrong. There are levels of patriotism, combat boots being laced up right now by patriots that this country hasn't seen before. There's a level of conflict rising but it's not going to prevail. Patriotism cannot save the United States of America. Just as the patriots, the politicians, the false prophets and the priests of Jeremiah's day could not save Jerusalem. We are drowning in perdition as a nation. And what God is wanting to tell you and me is that you need to know the tribulation that's coming, the persecution that is coming. You're about to go into martyrdom realm. You're about to go into a persecution that Americans are not aware of. They're not uh, associated. They can't even mentally associate with what they've said about what's going on in Nigeria, the underground church in China, or in other parts of the world. We're not aware of it. We don't know it. But what Christ is saying is coming, and you need to find peace for you in your spirit. Real peace. You see, you can't say, I can't say, I have the peace that Jesus left for me while I'm all turned on and caught in to what the world is doing. In other words, participating in the angst participating in the anxiety, participating in the fear, the buildup, the climax, the, you know, what's going on? Wars coming, get ready. No, I need to have genuine peace. I know what's coming. I know what is here. I know what it's going to look like. So we were told to do what years ago? Prepare, prepare to get out of the way Go into a refuge, go into an ark, go into Goshen, go into your chambers, shut the door till the indignation be overpassed. Okay? Now that can happen only by peace. Can one be directed? Listen, without peace, you cannot hear God. Ask yourself an honest question. I'll do the same thing. Do you really have the peace that passes all understanding? about every area of your life? Do you have peace in your relationships? 
Do you have peace in your financial position? Do you have peace in your environment? Is there peace in, other, in all relationships? Is there peace? Do you have peace? And what is it? What is that peace? Well, in second, uh, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 13. Ezekiel chapter 13 puts it this way. The prophet Ezekiel was speaking, and he said in verse 8, Ezekiel 13, verse 8. He said, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because you have spoken vanity and seen lies, therefore, behold, I am against you, saith the Lord God. My hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity and that divine lies. Listen. A salesman could come to your door today and sell you a product and lie through his teeth, and it could sound very good. What is worse than that is when a prophet takes God's word and speaks lies and vanity. It makes it even more palatable. My God, you're a prophet, and my God, you've got the Bible, and wow, do you have a narrative. But God said... They were divining lies. They were speaking vanity. They shall not be in the assembly of my people, neither shall they be written in the writing of the house of Israel, neither shall they enter into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord God, because, even because, they have seduced my people, saying, Peace. And there was no peace. One built up a wall, representing security, and lo, others daubed it with untempered mortar. Say unto them, which daub it with untempered mortar, that it shall fall. There shall be an overflowing shower. And you, O great hailstone, shall fall. And a stormy wind shall rend it. Lo, when the wall is fallen, shall it not be said unto you, Where is the daubing wherewith you have daubed it? Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will even rend it with a stormy wind in my fury, and there shall be an overflowing shower in my anger, and great hailstones in my fury to consume it. So will I break down the wall that you have daubed with untempered mourner and bring it down to the ground so that the foundation thereof shall be discovered and it shall fall and you shall be consumed in the midst thereof and you shall know that I am the Lord. Now, what is, this, what is God saying? Your prophets are building a false sense of security by telling you peace and safety. Others are coming around and they're daubing the wall with their narrative. And it's all over the internet right now. All these peace and safety and American patriotism tying in the gospel with man's stuff. And it's mixed. It's untempered. There's nothing real about it that's going to stand. And what God is saying is I'm bringing my fury. Probably the Islamic nation, Islamic terrorism, the seed of Ishmael. It's the Al-Qaeda again. It's something big that God's going to send his fury. It's probably going to be through Russia, China, Islam, who knows where. But he's going to send his fury. 
And he's going to show the American church and the American people who have blasphemed him and his son and have promoted wickedness within our society and have shed the blood of 90 million little babies in this country. I'm not with your prophets that daub the wall with untempered mortar. I'm not in their message. I'm not in their message. So I'm going to destroy their work. And he already began to, but people didn't want to listen. They allowed them to make excuses to lead them on into a narrative rather than simply knowing by the true prophetic word of God, by the true prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Jesus, the apostles, rather than listening to the true word of God, people are still following people that haven't repented. They made excuses. What a damnation that is already. The word of God says America will be destroyed. Period. What's the mystery? What makes us different than Rome or any other nation on the face of the earth, including Israel, that sinned against God? Why are we entertaining? Because what's happening, the people that are following these other prophets are making them rich, which is what Peter said. They're making merchandise out of the people. They're fleecing the flock. And what do they do? They get a congregation to give them 56 million dollars so they could fly around in a private jet because their holiness will not allow for them to be on a regular airplane to fly to the next place they're going to preach but the apostle paul was in a ship with 276 prisoners and a bunch of roman soldiers what a dichotomy right but these false prophets, they could care less about reality of what's coming in the Bible. They tell gloom and doom. We're the people of the New Testament. We're going to build up an environment. And yet they have not really labored in the life of people to bring a foundation that when everything is shaken, they're going to be able to stand. So instead, <clears throat> the people that follow them are going to fall away. They're simply going to fall away because they have believed a lie. What's the truth? America is doomed, period. And what you need to do as an American living in America is find out by the Holy Spirit where you're supposed to be. But if you don't have peace and you're believing the lies, you know why people believe the lie, peace and safety? Because they want peace and they want safety. So when someone comes preaching peace and safety, they want to hear it. So that they can ignore the reality. What is that reality? Oh my God. The encroachment of demonic darkness. I mean, it's like a dark cloud enveloping the minds of the masses on this continent and all over the world. We have lost our way as a nation and you and I know that there's one way into peace, into salvation, Jesus Christ, Yeshua the Messiah. This is the truth, 
whether people want to hear it or not. Unfortunately, what I know scripturally is they don't want to hear this truth. They do not want to hear this truth because it scares them. But again, I would say, why are you in fear? When Jesus was telling the disciples of his era what was going to happen in Jerusalem, he said, fear not, be at peace. I'm giving you peace. And when your 70 AD event comes, you'll have peace. You'll know what to do. That peace will navigate you into a place of safety and expansion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, we also know on the other side of this moment, wherever the true ecclesia is, the called out ones of God, what we know is that God is going to do things in our generation that are double portion to the book of Acts. We're not afraid to say that. We know that persecution and tribulation and scattering causes amazing miracles to happen. No, there's going to be an amazing time for the Holy Spirit being poured out upon the true people of God. I believe that, don't you? So 2 Peter chapter 3 says it this way. And then we'll have a little conversation. 2 Peter chapter 3 Verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, okay, so it's talking about a world going into chaos We, according to his promise, it's what we have to put our hope in, is a promise. Look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. That's what we're waiting for Jesus to bring back into this earth. Wherefore, beloved, verse 14, seeing that you look for such things, the new heaven and the new earth, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Be diligent to be found of him in peace. If your peace is coming from a false narrative that makes you feel good, that's going to be fully disappointed. If you could look through the Bible and see the sin of our nation and a God who has never changed, if you understand that God has struck this nation many times to turn it back, and it has refused, then you will understand that the only people in this nation that will have any ability to have any kind of peace, not because everything's working, but when nothing is working, are those who have a relationship with the King of Peace, Jesus Christ. How do you get that peace? We must be diligent to be found of him in peace. That word diligent is this. It is the word spudazzo. We've said it before, and it means to use speed, to make effort, to prompt or earnest, to labor, to study, to endeavor. 
Peace doesn't just come. Be diligent. Labor, study, endeavor. Through much tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God. That's what the word says. Through much tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God. Labor that you may enter into his rest. Hebrews chapter 4. Labor. You have to do it. You can't just go to a feel-good church to get a feel-good message to make you feel good because feelings are fleeting. They are deceptive. You personally and I personally need to be diligent to find the peace of God that comes through Jesus Christ. The peace Jesus left is the buried treasure If you'll seek for me as for hidden treasure, I will be found of you. The great pearl that a man would sell all that he has and go and buy a field because there's a pearl in it. Peace is a treasure worthy of being sought after. Many of us are going after the treasures of this world, gold, silver, money, materialism. Those things cannot produce peace. There's no peace in those things ever, real peace. So we have to be willing to find peace. And you have to search it out and find it until you have it. And I'm telling you, when that peace is found by you, the world will be a totally different place. People will wonder, What is different about you? Why don't you have anxiety and fear and worry? Why are you living on the edge and vibrating on the edge of, I've got all my goods, I've got all my goods. God forbid anything would take them away from me now. You know, in Hebrews, people work so hard to get all their stuff. And in the book of Hebrews, what a different mindset, right? In chapter, I think if it's 12, let's see, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says... um, Oh, where's that scripture at? No, I think it's in chapter 10. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 10. It says, call to remembrance in verse 32. Listen to this. This this is what the saints used to be like. Call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions, partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used, for you had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling. Listen, you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Great recompense of reward For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So you can draw back to perdition, okay? but that's not who we are. Now, these people 
had everything taken away from them, but it was joyful because they knew they had a treasure beyond what was here. Turmoil, 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 chaos, 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 commotion, instability, anger, violence, hatred, wrath, murder, death. It's all around. And it's being unleashed thicker and thicker, deeper and deeper. It's not going away. What Maxine Walters is saying You want peace, America? Then you better, you judge, you jury, you better give the decree that we want against this police officer. You better rule the way we want or else. And most likely, what the world's going to do, because they want that peace. They don't mind being held hostage. There's not enough bravado for them to say, Maxine, sit down, be quiet. We're ruling, and this is what we're saying. There's probably not, they they want peace, so they're being held hostage. That's the way the world gives you peace. The world gives you peace if you allow them to hold you hostage. And Jesus said the world's going to beg for peace. It's going to beg for peace. Well, I want to say good morning to some of our friends out there today. Again, I started with a friend from Jerusalem, Israel Goldberg. And good morning again, Israel. And Kathy Brun said, good morning. The sun is shining. We are alive in Christ Jesus. Glory to be to God. David Ellison is with us today as well. Good morning, David. Keith Carey, good morning, Pastor. And good morning to you, Keith. Kevin Hauger, I don't know if there is really any peace. If you don't look at what is going on around you, or you don't listen to no media of the trials and turmoil that is everywhere, you may have a peace of mind in Jesus Christ. Kevin Hauger, no peace. David Ellison, talking Kathy out there. Oh my gosh, no, did you cover the hostel? So people are talking. 80 degrees Fahrenheit right now in Jerusalem. Man, that would be a great place to be right now. Uh, we have a hello and a shalom. We have, uh, we have nine words for love in Hebrew, only three words in Greek. Amen. I'd like to know. I think four in Greek. There's the storge, the eros, the agape, uh, the, um, uh, uh, wait a second. We have the agape, the storge, the eros, and the phileo. I think there's four. I'd love to hear the nine, though. Brother Goldberg. Kevin Hauger, I know I have received peace from Jesus Christ. There is so many that are trying to steal that, and the armor of God helps me fight them off. Amen. I know I have it. So Wendy Timmons says, true peace is found only in Jesus Christ here and through eternity. Amen. We believe that. Uh, There is no letter J in the Hebrew. I know that's true, too. Uh, Sieta, thank you, Jesus, for your peace you have given us. Amen. Carol Carey says, Rabbi, what are those nine words? Keith, Rabbi, thank you for being here this evening, for you are the apple of God's eye. All through the Old Testament, God blesses when there is a good king. He forgives Israel ways over and over again. Carol Carey says, the devil who is the God of this world makes America, where did you go, feel good and comfortable about their life. He is a deceiver and the father of lies. The worst is yet to come. We believe that. Uh, uh, Israel Goldberg from Jerusalem says, part of speech, translation, reverse translations, frequency, help, outline. Okay, so there's a way to 
uh, get out there. Sweetheart is one of them. True love, uh, affection, esteem, uh, nothing, not nil, not love, love like, be fond of, desire, covet, love. So we had to translate the words for you online. Okay, thank you for doing that. Pastor, during the counting, this is the 23rd day of the 49 days. Yeah, so we are counting the Omer. So what we're going to do now, and thank you guys for your conversations out there, appreciate them, is we're going to get out of the entanglement here. Whoa, mama me. All right, we've got some people calling in on the broadcast. Remember, if you would like to call in and you would like to make a comment on what we're talking about today, the number to call is 818 818- Three six nine zero three two six eight one eight three six nine zero three two six. Press one on your dial pad. Make sure you have to press one if you want to call in, and I'll bring you into the conversation. Right now, I'm going to bring in area code eight five eight eight six four. Good morning, God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning. What a wonderful exhortation. And the gift of peace that God grants us. And I, I believe it's going to take us through. I really do. And I am just rejoicing in that foundation. And I also wanted to present along with that a wonderful scripture that melts into the same concept and idea in Luke twenty one thirty six that says this, Watch ye therefore and pray always, in which you were exhorting us in, that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And along with that is another confirmation in the book of Revelation 2 on the Philadelphia church that says that it will find us worthy in that day if we stand properly. And what is that standing? Peace. What is that standing to come to pass? It is to pray for that peace that we may be found worthy. How simple is that? And yet how important and how absolutely necessary for the moment we're in. And this is going to present a warfare in the heavenlies. The enemy is angry in the second heaven. He wants to take away our peace, as you have already explained. And in that, the battle ensues. But if we keep our mind and our thoughts above, as we have been requested to do in Scripture, and think upon, upon those things in the heavenly realm, which is the absolute truth for our life, we will come through. But I believe it will be a remnant, and I hope that that remnant will be you and I, part of it at any rate. So that's what I wanted to present. Amen. Excellent, excellent narrative, excellent dialogue. Thank you for calling. I find it interesting as we're talking about the pearls of peace that – we have never had lower numbers. I mean, I just keep watching these numbers. They're just very few people, at least as we could tell on the, on the screen. And uh, normally when we're talking about some other stuff, that the numbers are up there. And I just wonder if the enemy is working overtime to get people away from true narrative, 
so that they won't hear the truth, that they will continue to dialogue in a certain manner and live their lives in a certain way, catching them off guard. Uh, We heard last week that there would be many that would be caught off guard because they're paying attention to peace and safety. They don't want to hear the reality of what is and what is coming. So it's, it's kind of disheartening to know that so few people, and then I wonder how long, how, how the offense is going to grow in the hearts of people when the truth does come. Because another aspect is that I believe, and, and I'd love to hear from the people that are still tuned in, have we spoken the truth today? I mean, is there truth here? Well, most likely the people that are staying along with us, well, there is truth. And so why do we see the bailing out of individuals or the offense in their heart when the truth is spoken to them? Is that a safe thing for people to entertain or to uh, accept into their lives offended by the truth? I don't think so. Go ahead. May may I intervene on this? Sure. I would like to just say that whether or not Trump comes back, the scriptures still have to be fulfilled. Now, many may desire not to have to go through the tribulation, and that's where they get upset. But regardless of whatever truth does, it doesn't matter. Scripture is going to be fulfilled for the coming of the Lord. And it's at hand. You can see the signs all around. They're all over the world. So the point to be made is regardless, we must be found in peace. Would you agree to that? Absolutely. I do agree. Excellent commentary. Thank you, Patricia Joy. God bless your heart as always. And uh, you can stay on the line with us. I'm going to bring you in area code 479-586. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. I really am. Thank you. How are you? Well, the I'm doing well. I'm I'm listening to the show, and it's a great show. And the reason the numbers are down is because of fear. That's the bottom line. People are afraid of what they're going to have to go through. They don't want to hear it. Not just women, but men, grown men. I, I see them all over the country, uh, grown men that are former military, grown men that are tough, big guys that will fight you in a bar fight in a second. But when you talk about the the end-time stuff, when you talk about, hey, do you understand that this is all coming to an end quickly? Do you understand that if your heart's not right with the Lord, you're going to spend eternity into one of two places, and that choice is yours? They don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And they literally will tune you off or hang up or, or walk away because they're afraid. The fear of those things that's coming upon the earth has terrified them. And, and so they try to avoid it, stick their head in the sand, and, and um, what do you call it, uh, pacify themselves or sedate themselves on the things of the world, whether it's going to the bar or watching TV or hanging out with your buddies at a ball game or whatever. They're, they're, they're trying to sedate themselves with the things of the world, knowing uh, in the end that it leaves them empty, but they're afraid. And uh, I, I don't understand that fear, but uh, it's there. That's, that's, that's what I see and that's what I feel. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. You used a word, and I think it's, uh, it's a profound word, pacification. 
And that there's a lot of that going on right now, isn't there, where people are just seeking to be pacified, you know, put the pacifier in my mouth. Let me just feel like I've got, you know, this peace. And they're internalizing a pacification that's not real and it's not true. And um, my God, I mean, what an intense time. So, yeah, excellent comments. But it's true. It, 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 yeah, it is, and it's everywhere, Pastor. You know, we went out the other night uh, uh, and, and – uh, fellowship with some friends that were having supper and uh, in a restaurant, and everybody's wearing a mask. We didn't wear masks. Our group didn't wear a mask, and everybody had a mask on. And when you walk in, they have fear in their eyes when you don't have a mask. And 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 the reason that they do is because they choose to believe uh, the false prophets. They choose to believe the narrative because they're afraid to research it and look it up for themselves to find out what the truth is. You know, what the truth about the so-called pandemic, the truth about uh, the end time, all that. They, they just want to be fed uh, like sheeple is, is what it is. And, and uh, they're, they're going to be led to slaughter. That's, that's about it, Pastor. But it was a great show. Great show. Uh, thank you so much. May Appreciate I your intervene comment. in that? Yeah, go May ahead, please. May I intervene in that just for a moment? I agree with you totally, Bill. That's exactly what's going on. And that is why there will only be a remnant that the Lord will come to receive. And that would be his bride. And that would be his army. And that would be his manifested sons on earth. And that remnant will come about because they kept peace that Jesus Christ left with us when he went to resurrect and rule along seated with his heavenly father. Amen. So, yeah, please. Yeah, and I read this this morning to my wife, but uh, when when you go to uh, Joel chapter 2, and and, uh, uh, here at, uh, where's it at, Um, verse, uh, I think it's verse 32, and it shall come to pass, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, uh, and among the survivors shall those be whom calls upon the Lord or whom the Lord calls. In other words, that, what Pastor Patricia just said, that remnant, that's it. It's, it's, uh, uh, they have to make a choice, and unfortunately they're not making the right choice. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Well, excellent comments in our chat room. Carol Carey saying a remnant, a small part or a trace remaining. The remnant church body will be few. And I pray that we here will be included in that piece of the original. And I totally agree with that. I mean, the remnant is a small body, a remaining few. And we just haven't taken to heart the true meaning of Lord, Lord. And he says, I don't know you or the falling away or the apostasy, uh, the love of many waxing cold. We just really haven't done that. And so the environment of divine peace. And Rabbi, you're out there in Jerusalem right now. Uh, Brother Goldberg, you're out there. And if you want to just, you know, light up the screen right now with the Hebraic reality uh, the, the, the deeper intrinsic meaning of this peace that Yeshua was offering to those who would follow him. We'd love to hear from you on that. I don't know if he's still there or not, but uh, what an honor to have been joined from Jerusalem, Israel today. That's awesome. Praise God. I don't know how he found us, but I'm glad you did. 
And uh, I'm seeing my friend Josiah out there said, this is good stuff. Thanks for hitting these notes. Praise the Lord. And remember, if you would like to join in the conversation right now, you can do so by calling 818-369-0326. 818-369-0326. Personally, I'm okay with talking to a few people. I like sitting down with two or three people, 20, 30, two, 300. Doesn't matter to me. What is essential right now? What is important right now? What is important for for myself and for you, for each one of us personally, is that we find this peace. And I, you know, when I when I think about this peace, I think about the inward calm without the the uh, concerned vibration. And I don't know how to put it in another word, but there seems when there's not peace to have this. Deep down inside, you know, this vibration, this it's always kind of there. You know, it's just like this uh, unnerving, and it, it's, it runs deep. And I have to believe that Yeshua did not give us his peace just to be externally at peace or consciously, but subconsciously. He wants his peace to come all the way down into the very belly of our existence. But so often there's this underlining... Never ending. Let's take our call coming from South Dakota, 605-695. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, um, sir. I, I'm concerned because of the fact that I ended up, I speak to my sister almost every weekend. She's 80 years old. It turns out that she told me, she says, with everything that's going on with this virus and the news media and all this, she says, I don't know what to believe anymore. She says, and now I'm even mad at myself because of um, listening to too many things, I feel, and too many different drummers and all that. And so I feel that the news media, the government, uh, whatever is going on is starting to reach people that I never thought they would. What do you think of that? It bothers me. Um, and, yeah. and I mean, as far as whether I, she believes in God um, and that, but whether or not she's made that down heart or down deep heart uh, commitment to uh, Jesus Christ, I don't know for sure because she won't talk about that. But as far as, and she's a strong person and she has a family. She she has not been outside of her house other than for like doctor appointments or something like that for a year and a half. And wow. that's because of her children dictating to her that she has to stay in the house. They deliver the groceries to the house, this and that. So this fear is taking over, I feel, and I can't picture her being that type of a person that would allow that to happen. Um, so I feel the the whoever is out there trying to lead our country in the direction they're doing, I hate to say this, but I feel they're doing a good job for a lot of people. Yeah. Absolutely. I hear you. Well, when you hear it day after day and night after night, the narrative is designed to get believers to stop believing. It's designed yes. to get people. There, there's a spirit behind all this narrative and negativity. So um, 
you're right on, and, uh, and we have to pray for your sister. That's all there is to it, that the delusion and the confusion, and that's what a lot of people do. They just don't want to hear it anymore. But that's not a safe that's place right. to be. Yeah, you're right on. Well, and you, you brought out earlier as far as people are looking for a pacifier. Uh, right now they're saying the, the RV sales and the different uh, entertainment things are unbelievable as far as the sales, um, whether it's games, whether it's um, backyard toys, whether it's basketball hoops, whatever, RVs, uh, all those things are going up in, in price as well as in sales because people are trying to look for that pacifier and they don't know that the Lord is that pacifier. That's an amazing point. And also, I just heard a report this morning that um, the uh, medical marijuana increased to a million dollars a day in one state. A million dollars a day, marijuana sales went up. It exploded during this whole time. So now it's become recreational in uh, New Mexico and probably some other places. So yeah, it's it's looking the way it is, and they're trying to find peace. They're trying to blank out. They're trying to black out. We don't want to hear it. We want to, you know, just live our best life now kind of thing. The problem is is that there's something way beyond this moment, and we need to find true peace. I live on the Christ. outside, of, uh, in a small town outside of Sioux Falls, and it turns out that I, as I drive in my neighborhood, I'm starting to see more and more residential cars being parked that are from California and Colorado. People are leaving and getting out of those states. Wow. Yeah. Well, that we that's going to happen. That is going to happen. Ken, thank you. We're going to be seeing you in just about, gosh, not too long from now. We'll be up there in South Dakota uh, with uh, River of Fire Ministries, Pastor Dave and Victoria, and be seeing you and Kathy and some of our friends. So looking forward to seeing all of you there, and we'll have a big conversation. Amen? Looking forward to it. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. God bless you, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, we have just simply run out of time, and it is time to say goodbye. I like Andre Bocelli, and uh, time to say goodbye. Right now, on omegaradio.org, there's a roundtable discussion, one you haven't heard before. I think you're going to like it. You should get there, omegaradio.org. I'm Pastor Vince. We'll see you tomorrow. Lord willing, Daniel Seckham will be joining me from Australia. And to everybody out there, shalom. God bless you. <laughs>